Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the surprising quality needed to be a great leader. Well, let's be clear. Leadership is nothing but ambiguity. Leadership is based on uncertainty and ambiguity. And if the leader is the smartest person in the room, then they're probably in the wrong room. I recently read a book called The Leadership Lab, written by Chris Lewis and Pippa Malgram, and I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to have an opportunity to talk with Chris Lewis, one of the authors, so he's in the studio with me now. Chris's book very much comes from the perspective of the world has been very shaken up by a lot of geopolitical and economic shifts over the last few years, including Brexit, the recent presidential election here, and and the rise of nationalism around the world. As they looked at leadership, they realized that today's world requires different leadership rules and different approaches. And I was very struck with that. So I want to talk about that with you today, Chris. What are the big trends that shape leadership today? The, the, perhaps the first big trend is the understanding that analysis is not enough anymore. Analysis and drill down and data is only one part of the intellectual process. The other part is the ability to look across and, uh, and, and see a bigger picture and join the dots. So anal- we call it analysis and parenthesis. And that the, perhaps the biggest trend is that you, you can't just divine meaning by drilling down into the data all the time because the data itself is historic and therefore may not be linear. It might be cyclical. Mm-hmm. And so th- these days you can't just rely upon an analysis. You have to have a, a parenthesis. Well, in, indeed, you mentioned in the book that the um, Brexit experts were asked by the Queen what happened, right? And they came back and said, who knew this was going to happen, right? That's right. And, and and one of the reasons that we've, one of the problems that that, that highlights is we seem to be uh, have built up a leadership culture based around infallibility, the single infallible leader. It's almost a Judeo-Christian model that it's uh, based on Christ or Moses, that somehow there's going to be one infallible leader and they're always going to be right. And we don't seem to have the imagination to see that they could be wrong. And so, therefore, when the infallible leader predicts something, we're all surprised when they get it wrong. And the message to leadership these days is stop predicting and start preparing for all outcomes and not just predicting one. Because the reality is, as you pointed out in your book, the financial crisis, the rise of nationalism, just people stumbling and tripping, the world's a random place. And if you present yourself as the infallible font of all predictable information, you're destined to be mistaken, right? Exactly. And and this... This notion of shock uh, at the fallibility of of leaders has gone all the way through society. This is not just in business or even in politics. It's gone to the motion picture industry. It's gone to the Catholic Church. It's gone to the automotive industry where people have uh, lied about emissions. It's gone to the banking and finance industry. This is right the way across the leadership spectrum. Mm -hmm. And this the, the notion that somehow these crises could not have been imagined speaks more to the nature of the boardroom relying upon data and relying on analysis because you can't if your analysis was was correct then you would have predicted the rise of president uh, macron in france or mm-hmm. brexit in europe or even president trump in america or as you mentioned volkswagen uh spending years promoting diesel engines where they fundamentally knew that they were not actually any pollutant devices it's <laughs> it, it's it is extraordinary I work a lot with startup entrepreneurs and in various ways to help them grow their businesses. What you described to me, uh, I generally see two kinds of leaders. I see servant leaders, leaders that are willing to take in data and delegate authority. And then I see leaders that generally fall back on autocratic methodologies, in my experience, because they're insecure. Do you think that, do we 
do, do autocratic people become autocratic leaders because they don't want to be challenged or do structures create autocratic leaders? Well, let's be clear. Leadership is nothing but ambigu ambiguity. Leadership is based on uncertainty and ambiguity. And if the leader is the smartest person in the room, then they're probably in the wrong room. The leader's job is to make everyone else in the room feel like they're the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. So we're heading towards starting to build a mind map and we want to help people because a lot of the people that are listening to the show at this moment in time or in the future will have to and be leaders. What are some of the attributes that you think a 21st century leader must have to be successful? They should be uncertain. They should be uncertain. They should be uncertain hmm. of the outcome because if you can prepare for the uncertainty of the outcome, then you're preparing all of your team for all outcomes. And so this is one of the most important things that you said in the book, which is this is the age of the death of certainty. If anybody walks into the room and says they're certain about something, you can't call them a leader because every leader must be prepared for the uncertainty that's that's there. But in my experience as a leader, when I've managed large organizations or projects, I have often found the worst thing I can do is express to my the people I'm working with any concern on my part that this may not work out. So how do I balance th those two things? So this is an interesting part of the book, and this also speaks to Chapter 7 on gender and inclusion. And one of the ideas behind that, and this is a bit of a story, but uh, I travel quite a lot transatlantically. And when I arrived in uh, America two or three years ago, I was sat in a car parking lot uh, for the, in the rent in the rental uh, at, the, at, the, at the rental station, and um, I was sat there watching people rent cars. Uh, women would come in and rent cars. They would walk around the car. They would put their children in first, make sure that they were buckled up. They would get into the car. They would check the seat, adjust the mirror. They would look across all of the, the dashboard. Then they'd start the engine. And then eventually they'd move away carefully. The men walk over to the car, get in it and floor it, often squealing the wheels as they went out of the lot. And the thought occurred to me that actually as uncertain as that driver, as, as the women seem to be, actually, I think I prefer them driving the car. <laughs> and I prefer making sure that every rental car is completely underpowered based upon the straightest told me. <laughs> Chris Lewis, I want to thank you for coming to the studio today and talking about leadership. Folks, check out the Leadership Lab. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jonathan. And now, non-billable consult with legal expert Andrew Sherman. So you're thinking about selling your small business. Well, I got to tell you, the mergers and acquisitions, or M&A market as we call it, is very hot right now. Buyers are flush with cash at historic levels. Apple and Cisco alone recently repatriated almost $400 billion billion with a B in cash, which they've designated for mergers and acquisitions as well as organic growth and innovation. How can you get ready for this process? First step, who or what is your prospective buyer? Who's going to be interested in buying your company and why? What will they find compelling? Will your buyer be strategic or will they be financial? It's often the case that the best way to understand is to look at what I call the eyes of the buyer analysis. What aspects of your company will they find compelling? Why do they need to own you? A second step that you can take right now is what I call mock due diligence. In mock due diligence, you're going through the due diligence process as a buyer and advisor would in order to identify problems as well as opportunities that buyers will find compelling of all different types. There's also a lot of buying going on for overseas buyers that want to use your company as a foothold 
for entry into the U.S. market. But the clock is ticking. This cycle will not be indefinite. Decide now if you're really ready for sale and take the time to get ready the right way. I promise you, your valuation will be maximized and your problems will be mitigated if you take this seriously and do it right now. That was your non-billable consult with legal expert Andrew Sherman. Thank you to our sponsor, Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is the leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Thank you to SpeakerBox Communications. SpeakerBox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Tandem Product Academy. If you're looking to grow a software technology business and you're past your first five employees or your first half a million dollars in revenue, their free educational program will teach you how to grow your business. Supported by a broad group of our region's leading business organizations and local governments, Tandem Product Academy is free to participants. Learn more at tandeminnovate.com. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.